0: Hey, this is Greg White and on the very first episode of Tequila Sunrise we're going to be talking about what's going on with Canaxis big deals and inclusive investing a little bit about the ground rules join us listen up up to tequila sunrise where we share the latest investments acquisitions innovations and glorious implosions in supply chain tech every week at this unholy hour of the day and also unfortunately without the aid of tequila or coffee or intoxicants of any kind join us every wednesday to discuss the news in supply chain tech greg white with supply chain now here Always happy, never satisfied, willing to acknowledge reality but refusing to be bound by it. My goal is to inform, enlighten, and inspire you. Here's a little disclaimer. We're piloting this series, so I welcome any and all questions, comments, arguments, refutations, even sea stories. If you like this series, say so, and don't forget to subscribe at SupplyChainNowRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's only going to survive if you listen. Hey, just a little heads up on how this series is going to go. Don't worry, we're not going to spend time on silly PR schemes like so-and-so signed a contract with such-and-such or just released version 20 of that same technology you didn't buy last year. This will be real news and innovation, and I'll include the link to any articles referenced in the show notes and accompanying blog on SupplyChainNowRadio.com. All right, let's get right into this week, June twenty second, 2020. Since this is our first show, let's start with some industry perspective and drop some valuable knowledge on you. A couple of great articles defining buzzwords for news and information you can use. I like this particular article from Steve Banker at Forbes. He's clearly defining control towers, what they are, how they enable supply chain agility, and how building complexity into technology allows solutions to be simple for users. We're going to drop the links in the show notes, and it's worth the just two minutes that it'll take to read called Supporting Supply Chain Agility, Simple Concepts, Complex Technology. How far has the supply chain advanced? This is a bit deeper read from logistics management, but as we discussed on Supply Chain Buzz with Scott Luton last week, I believe, or the week before, if you're feeling ambitious and highly caffeinated, this is well worth your five minutes of time. Bridget McCray reports from a Capgemini Research Institute report, that worldwide spending on digital transformation technologies, that includes hardware, software, and services will cross the $2 trillion mark by 2021. At the same time, companies still are struggling to implement digital transformation. Get this, just 35% of companies are monitoring their operations in real time, and that's versus 48% who were in 2012, the last time Capgemini did this research. 29% are modifying their operational processes to adapt quickly to external changes versus 34% in 2012. And only 38% are giving employees the tools they need to collaborate digitally with one another compared to 70% in 2012. The big delta in that particular number makes me wonder if we haven't changed the playing field a bit. I wonder if in 2012 email was considered digital collaboration there's some other interesting topics here the leading topics really cloud is the fastest growing market segment gartner says its use increased 27.5 percent in 2019 reaching 38.9 billion up from 30.5 billion in 2018 data robotics ai blockchain all topics of interest as well but an interesting Side note here is a segment of the article that talks about whether companies should rip and replace or continue customizing their legacy solutions. So think about those old supply chain solutions or finance solutions or ERP solutions that you have that have become unwieldy with customization. Companies are trying to decide whether to pull those out or continue customizing them. I would argue there's a third option, and I've seen companies doing this for some years now, where they'll take a data layer and put it over the top of their legacy solution and feed the valuable data out of that legacy solution into that, translate it for the use of more advanced technologies that they'll layer on top. Less risky, less costly, and less disruption to some of the foundational functions that still remain in old finance or even supply chain solutions. So take a read. It is, in my opinion, a must-read how far has the digital supply chain advanced on logisticsmanagement.com. Again, I'll, I'll drop the link in the show notes here, and you can take a look at it. All right, now let's talk about an investment topic that's been a long time coming. Venture finance is renewing their efforts for inclusive investing and bringing the availability of investment capital to all. But first, let's talk about this unique model that prompted me to surface this discussion. A company called Collab Capital, Atlanta based and founded by Jules Solomon Burks, Justin Dawkins and Barry Givens invests solely in black founders. Initial limited partners of the firm include the Kaufman Foundation of the Kansas City Royals and Lecrae. Their investment model is pretty innovative too, a profit sharing model, so look forward to following that. The article about Collab is in Crunchbase, Innovation doesn't have a color, and again posted in the show notes. Let's talk about venture in general. Newer firms, one I'm familiar with called Kubera Venture Capital, for instance, are following a model from NextGen Venture Partners who put this in place many years ago, and many others have an intentional investment model based on seeking out and funding diverse founders. The statistics in, in investment are concerning, shocking, let's say. The industry stats have set a really low expectation. 3% of VC dollars are going to women, and for other minorities, it's even worse at less than 1%. A lot of that is attributed to the way venture capital firms are structured. Traditionally, the partners leverage their personal networks to source deals, and if you're not in those networks, it can be really difficult to get warm introductions. While the industry is becoming more aware of these issues, and representation is improving, ultimately the people that are making the decisions are fairly homogenous, is a quote from the article. Traditional investors are also consciously embracing the inclusive models by intentionally extending their personal networks, and that's what it's going to take. Truly, none of this effort in the investment community is in response to recent events, but heightened awareness has made it newsworthy, and it's commendable that media are sharing, and investors are introspecting and changing things rapidly. This is a great opportunity for everyone to benefit. Inclusive investing reaches all, and more diverse points of view are always beneficial to knowledge, ideas, and success. It's time the industry did something, and I'm glad to see some progress here. We'll keep an eye on how this turns out, and I'm really interested in what's going on with Collab Capital. All right, a couple of headlines on some massive valuations. Instacart and DoorDash both got massive valuations over $13 billion. Look, the rise in e-commerce due to COVID-19 and the subsequent seismic societal disruption sending everyone home has fueled last mile delivery woes. But in this case, it's really well-being for these two companies, literally delivering change to consumers. Instacart pushes its way to a $13.7 billion valuation with a new $225 million funding round. Instacart is well known as the grocery delivery company. Obviously, that became a big thing as grocery stores surged and as people stayed home in droves. DoorDash is close to funding a deal that would value the company at $15 billion pre-money. You may know that DoorDash is a delivery for typically quick-serve, QSR restaurants, and they too have seen an incredible uptick during this crisis. And to wrap up some quick hits from the past week, I'm gonna share this bit of data every week from Crunchbase talking about the deals that have been done in the last week. So in the last week, 241 funding rounds led to $21.1 billion dollars in investment and 54 acquisitions occurred for 1.5 billion dollars. Hey, Atlanta based Stored acquired Cove Logistics. Now they have warehouse and transportation operations. It's a great model if you have a distributed customer base. This one's interesting. Viros Systems gets a $2.2 million C round investment. The reason that's interesting is because a C round would usually be much, much larger than that. But listen to who's involved Shell Ventures, Austin Ventures, Chevron, and Live Oak Partners. So clearly they're doing something good for the oil and gas industry there. In London, Slamcore, a UK-based company developing spatial AI algorithms for robots and drones, secured $5 million in funding. Manufacturing, distribution, and retail robotics provider Geek Plus closed a two hundred million dollar Series C led by V Fund, Redview, and Vertex Ventures. Interestingly, that fund had essentially two closes as I understand it in the final quarter of 2019 and then again in 2020. O9 solutions raises $100 million from KKR, the Dallas, Texas-based IBP and sales and operations planning solution provider, is valued at over a billion dollars. And by request from Dylan Toyne, who asked about some of our thoughts on Canaxis, let me start with a little bit of news. They beefed up their retail and AI power with purchase of Rubicloud, a retail pricing technology also based in Canada, for $60 million. And it's worth note that Canax's stock is up 96.5% in 2020. So not knowing precisely what it is Dylan would like to hear about, I'm going to take two angles. Before I take the first angle, I want to be clear that I am no stock market analyst. Any opinions are my own. And this is a passing glance view. But here's what I do see from their numbers. They are highly valued compared to their own historic metrics and their market peers. There's no real surprise there compared to peers because supply chain tech has been laggard for decades. For me to really get excited about their stock value, I'd need to see pretty stellar sales growth and for them to maintain the high margins to keep up the stock price. Canaxis is a high flyer in sales, product, and earnings, though, and their sales growth has been strong and earnings did increase, 2018 to 2019, even though sales growth grew at a pretty high rate, which is usually fairly costly. Their margins are on par for a SaaS or a cloud platform solution at about 70%, and the company's performance continues to climb in both of those areas. I can't say that their capability, their momentum, their market presence and potential will continue to be reflected in their stock price, But I do believe Knaxis will continue to be a force to be reckoned with in supply chain tech for some years to come. All right. That's all you need to know about supply chain tech for this week. Hey, give me some feedback and let me know how to tune the show. One thing I'm contemplating is a supply chain tech stock index. Let me know what you think about that. All right. As we wrap up, I want to remind you, do not forget to get to... SupplyChainNowRadio.com for more Supply Chain Now series, interviews, and events. And on Monday, don't forget to get your buzz on. We do a LinkedIn live stream with the top supply chain news for the week every Monday at noon Eastern time with Scott Luton and me. Listen to what you need to know about supply chain news for the week. Keep an eye out also for two new pilot series I'm excited about these. Jamin Alvidrez on transportation. And Tech Talk, yes, like the app, with the great Karen Bursa and me for a deep dive on supply chain tech and particular technologies and applications and problems that are being addressed in tech. Keep your ears open for that one. Hey, look, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, commit already, would you? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for spending time with me. And remember, acknowledge reality but never be bound by it.